Have you ever wondered if you're a lucky parent? Have you ever heard people talking about how lucky they are or are not because their kids are difficult or easy? Join us today as we talk about here on The Living Room what it's like to be a lucky parent, if we are all lucky parents, and what we do when kids are a little bit more difficult. Uh, it's Heather here hosting, and the rest of us will be here, and we'd love to hear what you have to say after. Thanks. Welcome to The Living Room. We are thrilled that you are joining us for today's conversation. Whether you're here for the first time or you're a longtime friend of the show, we're delighted to have conversations just like this, where as women and friends, we talk about everything from relationships to personal development, from growing in our own careers and roles as women, as mothers, as wives, as friends. We also love talking and touching on things that are spiritual. Thank you so much for joining us. And now we'll turn the time over to your hosts for today's show. Welcome to the living room. I'm Heather and I'll be your host for today's show. Today, we're going to talk about lucky parents. And before we get there, let me tell you who's with us today. Like I said, I'm Heather and I'm hosting and joining us is also Jody, Michelle, Janet, Nicole. Nicole, sorry. <laughs> Nicole's a little distracted Paige. in the corner. Paige is here. And Paige is here. So everybody's here. And, you know, really this show comes from a conversation that I overheard. And, and I've heard it a lot since being a parent. So over the last, like, 16, 17 years, I've heard it quite a bit. But just this last week, I heard a conversation between two moms where one mom was saying that things had been really hard in her house with a teenager. And she looked at the other mom and she said, you know what? You wouldn't understand this. You're just a lucky parent. And the other woman said, well, what do you mean? And she goes, you just got really lucky. None of your kids are hard. Your kids are just so easy. You just got lucky. Mm. And ironically enough, the, the other mom had a really hard time hearing it. In fact, she got a little bit defensive and was like, wait, what? Like, I work really, really hard to, like, make sure my kids aren't doing drugs and get straight A's. And, you know, she kind of took a defensive approach to it. Yeah. And so I was listening to it thinking there's there's kind of a lot here. Uh-huh. And this idea of lucky parents is one I think we probably all, right? You've all kind of heard this from someone. Or we even look at our own kids and think, oh, man, like, we got really lucky with you and not really lucky with you. <laughs> and we kind of even do that in our own household under our own roof. So the first question to just kind of lead out is, do you believe in that? Do you think that some parents are just lucky parents? Like every parent <laughs> is a lucky parent. Everyone just totally went silent and stared at me like, what We're in the world? We're just processing what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, what? what? Our, our... I think every parent is a lucky parent. Okay. I think it's a miracle to have a child, and I think every parent is lucky. I think some children come easier than others, and that is a fact. Yes. Okay, so you think that's true? Yes. You think yes. that some kids come easier. What does that mean? Jana, what does it mean like to you to come easier? Oh, I think um, they're... They take instruction better. They listen. They are just more inclined to not make every choice a difficult one. So maybe they have less challenges, difficulties. Yeah, maybe more openness. Yeah. all of that. Okay, yeah, I think so. Okay, I think so. Go ahead. I I've seen. I mean, I don't even want to open the door. Mm-hmm. I I have friends, for example, whose children have autism. I think in some ways they're lucky because those children are amazing, but I, I see some of their challenges as so tremendously difficult. And, um, and so, yeah, I think, I think there is a parent lottery. 
And you, you, you have no idea what you're going to get when you sign up for, yes, I'm going to love and accept a child in my home. Mm-hmm. But um, ultimately, I think the rewards are extraordinary. And I do think every parent is lucky. Do you think, going along with that, do you think that at any parent can handle whatever their kids' difficulties are? I absolutely believe that. Like, yes. Okay. So I think if I when and maybe this is just what saves me. Right. But if I think about, um, my parents and if I think about Mary being the correct mother for Jesus, and we don't have to go into big conversations about this, but I believe that every kid has every parent they want that they needed for okay. their lives. Okay. And I know some people who had terrible parents, but they came out to be awesome humans in their experience. So some people, regardless, regardless of who you have as a parent, they were the right parent for you okay. in whatever that means. But I also use that as a comfort because as a mother, I am the right parent for my, my kids. And I need to not think that somebody else could parent them better. Yes. And I need to trust that no one knows them better than me and that I can, I can do this. So then you would believe that no matter what challenge your child threw at you, you could come up with whatever skills you needed to, to love them still, parent yes. them still. Because I also believe that I don't have to have all the answers. Okay. Right. So if I need to get them professional help or therapy or a mentor or something else, I have all the resources I need to parent them. Even if I'm not the one who does the actual Who can thing. do it. Right. Right. And I believe in my village. Right. Sure. Sure. Okay. So let's go back kind of just a little bit, that lucky mentality. The rest of you, what do you think? You think parents just get lucky? Okay. So I, when I think about this, I think about my firstborn and my secondborn. Mm-hmm. So I only have one girl and she came first. Not that that matters because girls, they all come different, but she was what you would classify as an easy child. Like I even remember when she was, um, when she could crawl, I literally could just lay a blanket out with some toys and she'd stay on the blanket. Right. <laughs> so I could like right. take her to church. I could take her to the park. I could take her anywhere. I could take her to work. I could take her anywhere I needed to go, but she'd just stay on the blanket and she's <laughs> a great kid. But like all the whole time I'm thinking like, I'm awesome. Right. Like I have gotten mm-hmm. this motherhood thing mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. Like she just came knowing how to do everything from eat to sleep. Like she just could do it all. And then I had my second child and he was a hard baby. He was a sick baby. He had reflux. He, um, we learned when he was five, he had had sensory processing disorder his whole life. So he just was like this hard baby. And I realized like, oh, this has nothing to do with me. That being said, like now he's 11 and she's um, 14. I am so grateful for my second child because I felt the depths of motherhood with him. Like it was because of him that I dug in deep yeah. and learned what it was like sure. to parent and learned what it was like to love yeah. and learned what it was like to seek for answers and to spend hours on my knees praying for him to figure it out and be there for him. So, and, and my daughter, like we've had our moments too. Like I'm just talking about like the first five years. Right. But, um, I had to dig deep first for my second born and I've done it subsequently with other kids since, but if it wasn't for him, then I wouldn't have really known my capacity as a mom. I totally agree to develop those skills. So I feel lucky that I had that, that I had reflux and insomnia and sensory processing. I'm lucky that I had that because it brought out the best in me and I was able to show up for this kid and be the best for him. Well, and we don't always see that, right? Because usually what the research shows us is that tough kids actually bring up poor parenting. 
Oh, we had our moments. The core of the parenting, which is really unfortunate because tough kids benefit the most from good parenting, right? Mm -hmm. from healthy parenting. They need it more than anything. So it's cool to hear those stories like yours, Nicole, where in the situation, instead of going the other direction and becoming the parent that, that was not handling it in as healthy of ways. Well, we battled it out. Sure. Like the arguments we had at the kitchen table, like when he insisted the sky was green and I told him it was blue. Like, like we really battled over things like that. Sure. To work those things out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Any other thoughts with this lucky, this idea of being lucky? What do you think? Paige, are we lucky? Well, I'm, I'm, I've been sitting here trying to process like, what is, what does lucky mean to me? You know what I mean? Like I kind of loved what Jana said that we're all lucky that we get to be parents, but does lucky mean it's easy? Are we, is that what we're leaning towards or, um, it sounds like that's what that woman was implying. Yeah. 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 So you have it easier as a result of what kids you got. Is that a real thing? Do some kids come easier than others? Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, well, I no think, question. I think you have to think about what is your definition of easy? Is it because they get straight A's? Mm-hmm. I don't think every kid should be required to get mm-hmm. straight A's mm-hmm. personally. That's my personal. I, I got straight A's for a very long period of time throughout my academic career. And then all of a sudden I got a B and it was such a relief. <laughs> it was such yeah. a relief. And I thought, what am I doing to myself? I'm still a good person, even though I'm not getting straight A's. Mm-hmm. And so I don't, I personally don't choose that for my kids. Mm-hmm. So I think when we're judging based on grades, when we hear a mom think, oh, but your kids all play the piano and they all get straight A's. And we have that model as your kids are so easy. We really have to step outside of that and define motherhood is what we've just heard from Nicole and from Jana as far as are you showing up for your children and doing those hard things? It's work, whether you're helping your kids achieve academically or in their extracurricular mm-hmm. activities. But when those become what you reflect on you as a parent, like I created children that will get straight A's. To be honest, that's not what I'm about. I think no. you can include that as part of your parenting. But when that becomes what is reflected on you, as if pat myself on the back, I've got 10 kids, they all get up at seven and they play the piano and they have straight A's and they never make a fuss and they never break a commandment. Look at us. And to be honest, I'm just saying that outright because I'm, I've been a parent long enough to know I've come across parents that that's really what they project. So I guess I'm a little bit more on the side of, I'm going to cheer you on with well, your kids well, yeah, struggle. And, but, but there are moments whatever, where like you, know? you see that and like, they're all sitting in the pew at church and they're like all keeping their hands to themselves. And you're like, I know. And they're Dang. matching. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> are you for real? Like, right. how is that happening? But did we really do that? And, so, and that's the thing about that. Is that really us who did that? Or is it our children accepting where we're leading them and guiding them? And in that moment, or the, the genetics comes like, together. Like I don't know. The simple, just, easy kids re- marry simple, easy kids, and they reproduce simple, easy kids. Like I don't know. Well, yeah, but at the same time, like we're really quick to judge other parents when their kids aren't all in the pew, dressed the same, not touching each other. But when <laughs> our kids are normal. doing it, <laughs> yeah, we're very true. quick to give ourselves credit. Like we're yes. very quick to stand back and say, "Yep, that's you got into Stanford because of me. Like I did this because of how we did this." Yes, this, this, you're and this. saying it better than I. But when they're yeah. not doing those things, and and it's someone else's family, we're really quick to judge. Oh, geez, they're not very good parents, or don't they discipline at home? Or like we go through all those things, right? right? But and we're real quick be... to give ourselves credit when 
when everything's yeah. all matchy-matchy, right? Jenna, you were going to say something. Yeah, I just remembered that this conversation that my mother shared with me when I was a teenager, and this lady in our neighborhood said to her, how did you get Jenna to do all these things? And I remember my mom said to her, are you kidding? She came like that. This is who she is. We just love her and support her, but we're not pushing her to do this stuff. And, and I think... That's exactly what you're talking about, isn't it? We've really tried to just bring out the best in who our kids are. They, they're they all individuals. They all come super different, and you just try and help them be the best mm-hmm. whoever they are that they can be. So I love that, and I love that, I mean, whether the word was there or not, you're essentially talking about the fact that yeah. they'll have their yeah. own ability to choose, right, yeah. at any given time. And sometimes kids choose things that benefit them, and sometimes kids choose things that don't. But it, it's really important, I think, that we stand back as parents and realize we can't take credit when they choose the right, right thing, and we can't take credit when they choose the wrong. Like, agency and choices have to come into play here, right? Yeah. And some kids make choices like, let's be matchy and not, you know, bug my sister in the middle of church. Mm-hmm. Some kids make those choices. So while we're on this topic of, like, kids and how they come, I have a set of identical twins, and I you've heard me talk about them a lot, but it's been a really fascinating... Um, not experiment, but like yeah, study, study here yeah. on individuality, right? Because genetically, these two boys are the same. Right. Um, their DNA is the same, and yet they are completely different. And even the way that the spirit that they have inside their body, I believe that uh, we have, have a spirit in our body that's unique and individual. And even the way that their spirit lights up their eyes, their identical eyes, and lights up their smile, their identical smiles is completely different. Mm-hmm. And that's been really fascinating that. to yeah. me. And I love yeah. to see how how much of how these kids come to us mm-hmm. is in in a state of preexistence. Right. That, that that's who they are and that they come this way and that we are lucky to have yeah. them exactly how they come, how they are. I just was going over something in a journal about my, when my kids were younger, but it, it, I had a line in there that said, I have been trusted to parent these kids. And I think that's how I want to look at it and think of, so a higher power trusted me with these four spirits and they are all, all four of my kids are very different. And my first one, I was like, you Nicole, where it was like p- parenting. Everybody's complaining about, so this how hard is so this? Easy. This is so easy. Wow. You know, I know. Thankfully I didn't I'm say so that. Awesome somebody would have should have slapped me had <laughs> I done it. But there was part of me because I was clueless. Okay. I was clueless. Um, second one, I, she shoplifted her first pair of shoes. Not that you shoplifted Sydney later in life, but she was three and mm-hmm. hauled out a TJ Maxx with two high heeled stilettos, size 10 that were fuchsia behind her back. Oh. And that's, you know, and we're, I'm out there with my baby on the hip and she's like, look at these, look what I got. And she was just there going, I love olive color and whatever. And if I have to steal it to get it, fantastic. It's just going to be the thing I do. And I, I have, I've pulled hair out. I'm worn gray hair. And yet this daughter of mine is the daughter where I see all the rainbows because of her. And uh, she's 20 now turning 20 and I love and adore her, but God trusted me that I would warrior for her in those times when she needed me to stand up and warrior for her. So I think he's nuts because I, I don't think I'm, you know, we all say, well, we're so inadequate, but maybe that's how I can get through it is I've been trusted to do this. And with his help, I can do this, but lucky. Yes. And some days we don't want to be that lucky parent and look at the other side, but 
by darn, it's a beautiful thing to have the trust to have humans that come predisposed and and individual and we figure it out because don't we learn about ourselves through that experience and it is glorious once you're on that side yeah absolutely and what if they chose us well i'm you want to say what yeah i mean they could what was yeah and even if they didn't choose us they get us forever Yes, they lucky them. Yes. <laughs> and, I, and I think I remember that, too, in the sense of these are not just mine for now. They're mine forever. Forever. And yeah. how do I keep relationships with them that will be forever? That yeah, they'll choose to stay that. with us. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Paige, you've been awfully quiet. I have so many thoughts going through my head. Um, <clears throat> I think it's really interesting, all the comments we've made so far, um, Culturally, I think that plays a big part into it, too, of how your kid is responding and what's being put upon them, the whole expectation thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just my whole, this whole time we've been discussing, I've been thinking of all the women that haven't been given children mm-hmm. and, um, and the women that haven't been able to ca- take care of their children and then other women step in and adopt and foster. And so I think we, no matter where you are in in the parenting timeline, I feel like God steps in and gives you, fills in that gap. If you have a really difficult child or if you have a child that's not even blood, but you need to parent that child, we really are given grace through all of that. And so I, I've just been thinking about how if we draw upon our higher power, we can find the answers, we can find the resources, we can learn our hearts and minds can be opened in ways we never thought. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. and ways we never expected, mm-hmm. right? So there's a couple of things kind of I hear in my head that we're running through. One is this idea of comparison mm-hmm. and how quick when we start comparing, whether it's our parenting or whether mm-hmm. it's our children mm-hmm. or whether we come up with this kind of like status quo of what a good kid is or a not good kid is or a good parent or a not good parent. And I know when it comes to comparison, it's innate in us, right? We tend to do it if we're not really careful. But we also know that if comparison is present, joy can't be. Right. Mm -hmm. The two things can't coexist, right? Mm -hmm. So I know for me personally, one way, whether the child is easier or harder or whatever we're calling this, right, that they come different, Mm -hmm. that as soon as we're grateful, gratitude and comparison can't stay in the same place, right? So as the comparison goes, because the gratitude steps in, then joy can exist. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes when we're comparing, we, we don't actually feel joy as parents, if not all the time because we're actually not seeing what we're grateful for and that the two can't go. So where we've talked about a higher power to draw upon, where we've talked about our relationship or testimony in that higher power, I think gratitude has to play a huge role in this because if we're not grateful, we can't feel joy. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. Mm -hmm. I have a quick question. Why do you think as a society we are labeling children good and bad? I feel like that's like, what's the foundation in that when we're, when they're trying to figure out their lives? Well, I think that the school system is a problem Yeah. and, and I am a total advocate for the public school system. Like I'm not, I could not handle the homeschool, homeschool business and I appreciate those that can, but I think that's where the problem is that we take these, we take this institution that operates a certain way and requires behaviors that work in a group setting and grades and citizenship and early mornings and deadlines and we put these kids in it and so therefore the ones that excel in that environment are good and the ones that struggle are bad and I like it breaks my heart yeah, because I, I it's so like damaging. not all my kids yeah. 
serve like they function in that institution mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they're amazing kids mm-hmm. and our our oldest when he was three years old he came home from preschool and he said mommy am i a bad boy mm-hmm. and his preschool teacher had labeled him mm-hmm. and he had it was an indoor outdoor school like they have in california and they there had been rain the night before and they'd been told not to jump in the puddles he well, is you, three. You don't tell a three-year-old not to jump in a puddle. That is part of life. Yeah. And so, of course, he jumped in the puddle. And then they labeled him a bad boy. Mm-hmm. And and it it took everything in me to just rebuild that. No, you're a wonderful boy. But, yeah, it, I agree with you. I think um, institutions do that. And they're, like, they're, I think some school districts are trying. I mean, they're introducing quiet zones and um, different seating options. And they're, like, mm-hmm. I think they try, but it just... It's like nine months out of the year. Yeah. You know? Well, and, and a faith community can do that, too. Yeah, it um, can. And so I think yeah. I, I work really hard to kind of go against it. I really do. I think I'm an advocate for, for mm-hmm. well, I am. I'm not you just are. think. I am an yeah. advocate for anyone who says I am different and I don't fit the mold. I love this high school that is, um, it's called South Valley High. And when I was here many, many years ago, they called it the alternative high school. Right. Well, they're rid of that now. But I That's have good. some really great kids that I've mentored who go to this fantastic school. Its campus is beautiful. The teachers there are full of energy and spark. And the way they get these kids motivated to read a book when they've never read a book, they inspire me. Yeah. So I helped a girl graduate, a friend of my daughter's. And she wouldn't have graduated had I not driven her every day, okay, second part of her senior year. So I really got a close-up look at this school. And those kids come out looking differently, okay, and labeled bad by yeah. people in my community yeah. because their hair is a certain color or they don't dress a certain way. But I saw parents showing up, and I saw hugs, and I saw high fives. And I got to be in that school with all these great kids whose society has labeled alternative so we're hard i don't like yeah, to live yeah, in that we're world bad. Yes, right. bad. and yeah. i and when it slips or when something stereotypical comes out i want to fix that because i want to be in the world yeah. where we don't have good and bad we have different and how is it that's that, the world I that want to those moms and dads that showed up and high fives and hugged those are the unlucky parents no no those are the those are the parents i want to go say you're doing something yeah. right because you have a relationship with your child right. there are moms and dads who don't have relationships that think they do. And I, I just, I want to have an authentic relationship with my kid. Um, and I honor any parent who tries because it is hard. Yeah. <laughs> it can be really hard, even on the best of days when you're just tired. Yeah, it's hard. You know? So I think that's a really good question to throw out there too, which is how do we do this? Like, like how do we adopt the lucky parent mentality that's the right one where we recognize that all kids come different mm-hmm. and we're grateful for whatever we get and we are not going to let poor parenting stand in the way of us having a relationship with them just because they're different. Mm-hmm. How, how do we do this? How do we do this every day? Well, Heather, you actually answered this question before we started recording mm-hmm. on this topic. And that's when you said that we have to remove our expectations from the yeah, scenario. For sure. Yeah. And it's tricky, right? Because we have expectations of our kids when really... The only people we can have expectations for, like we were talking about, is us. The, and, or how we react to our kids when they make the choices or sure. do those so, things. So, like, I, I actually can't have an expectation for what our kids' grades will be. I can't have an expectation of myself that I will be patient if they bring home an A or an F. Like I, I can expect myself to be patient. I can expect myself to be understanding or compassionate or long-suffering or forgiving. 
I can expect those things of me, but we can't expect things of our kids. And I think that one idea of expectations sets us up to label a lot, mm-hmm. a lot is then we start calling kids good or bad. Yeah. I like thinking of what can we do to problem solve? That was what my daughter came home from eighth grade the other day. She got a really great compliment from her teacher and it came to me and it came to her and I was grateful. It came to both of us, not just me, but said, Zoe, I want to congratulate you today because you were a true problem solver. Mm-hmm. So when I think of having lucky, being a lucky parent, how lucky it is if I can figure out how to be a good problem solver, because if my child is struggling in a certain, maybe with time management, or maybe my child is struggling with, um, you know, understanding math, heaven forbid, (laughs) that's not how my brain worked. But if I can problem solve and say, what about tutoring? Right. That that might help the situation. But be a problem solver and be someone that says it's not always going to be in the box and that's okay. Because it might feel good if it's a box because it, I'm a box person, but be open, you know, be open. Yeah. yeah and other control ideas. your reaction. Like what Heather yeah, was saying. Which is back to having just, yeah. Yeah, our own expectations for us. Right. Yeah. Jenna. And then Nicole, I was just thinking about, honestly, this is maybe off topic, but hopefully not about Jesus in the Bible and how he never labeled anyone good or bad. And he wouldn't even let anyone label him good. And he, um, he chose to spend time and connect with people of all walks of society and people who were sinners, who society had labeled bad. And um, it just seems like there's a lot that we can take from him in terms of parenting. Mm-hmm. He's a perfect example. Yeah, he really, yeah. he really is. Nicole. So uh, we haven't mentioned the word love in this conversation yet. I mean, we've mentioned authenticity mm-hmm. and um, showing up for our kids and I'm a little, I hate to say this, but this is the truth. And I'm going to be real with you. I love my kids. Like when we become a mom, we love our kids. But it's the kids that I have to fight for and go to the mattresses over that I feel the full depth of love. The Christ I love. And there have been times where like, I have my four kids and I love them, but the ones that I fought for, I like really love. And there have been times where I'm like, I'm looking forward to the moment when I get to fight for this child because I want to feel that depth of love for them too. Not that that sounds no, like I don't that, love my children. That makes equally. absolute sense. And you caught me in tears because like, that's, that's, I feel it. It's investment. And the sacrifice and the strain and the stress. And when and you look struggle. at them after you fought for them like that, like, you just see them different. You see through them. You like you, you see in them and it is so rewarding that I don't wait for my kids to fail because I don't want them to, to fail. But at the same time, like I'm lucky that I have the chance to advocate for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To do that. Yeah. Michelle, did you have a thought? I think just an answer to your question. One of the things that has helped us and lots of things help, but um, complimenting our kids in public. Mm-hmm. So like when we have people sitting around and they're talking about their kids, we can say something good about them. And one of the other things I've done is that I've complimented my kids in front of the other one without them there. So like one kid gets out of the car and is staying with me to go somewhere. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I love that kid. And, and then the kid that's in the car is like, you don't love me too. And I say, I say the same thing when you're the first one to leave so that, so that they know that I love them even when they're not around Mm -hmm. and um, even and you have their back. Yeah. And that, I, oh yeah. yeah, totally. And that we have those moments and I'm not always good. I'm not always good. And I think every day at the end of the day, oh, gosh, 
the parenting is the one thing at the end of the day where I'll lie in bed and go, I did this wrong and I did this wrong and I did this wrong and I did this wrong. And I want to be better, but sometimes it's the things that we do in public that have helped me strengthen my relationship with my kids. The yeah. Most. So make a big deal. It reminds me just as you say that my dad always did that with us as kids, but he never ever made it about what grade we got or what state championship yeah. we won. He always told other people when they asked about our strengths, our efforts, our abilities, mm-hmm. that they're a hard worker or yeah. they're very patient or mm-hmm. you should see the way Heather takes care of her two younger brother. Like that's nice. It's always good to offer the abilities and the, the effort and the energy behind it instead of, Hey, Heather got A's, that type of thing. And it, it's really that's cool really because good. I know looking back and I know from research now that those are the things that help our children duplicate that behavior mm-hmm. because they know how they did it the yeah. first time. So, so that's really cool to So hear. I grew up in a home that was the opposite of that. Like our accomplishments were the most were who we were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm, I'm not dissing on that because I'm grateful for the yeah. upgrading. You know, I'm, I am who I am because of what I had, but it's in those moments, those really hard parenting moments where I flip back to what I knew mm-hmm. and oh, it takes yeah. a lot of strength to break those patterns. Cause I do want, my, I do want to recognize my kids for their effort and their grit, not their results, but instinctively, like it, yeah, whatever it's really, you hear, it's you really tend to hard. Mm-hmm. It's really hard for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You tend mm-hmm. to pattern when it comes to that. And my poor right. first child, right? Cause they're the one that, that gets me as I'm trying to break those patterns. Yeah. And trying to figure it out uh-huh. figure out those things. Paige, what are it, you thinking? Um, I was just thinking that, um, like if we get down to it, how have we parented ourselves? So we have this whole life of parent. Like, I, I feel like it's so fascinating how we draw upon our childhood all the time. Like no matter how old you are, mm-hmm. you're drawing upon your childhood and how you were parented. Yeah. But how have you parented yourself? How have you handled it? And then what are you projecting on your children based on your failures is such a dangerous world. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. just like mm-hmm. being aware of that, like you were just saying, like just being aware of what worked for you, what you responded well to and being open and less expectations is kind of my my parenting motto. Yeah. as <laughs> how it's worked for you, whether yeah. they're tough or not. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, as we wrap this up, I, I keep hearing the word connection. I think we've all probably used it at some point in some way. Uh, and as, as we're wrapping up kind of how to become the parent we want to be and not let poor parenting take over, especially if kids come with a few more difficulties, I just keep re- being reminded of the research that shows that at any given time, we can only be seeking one of two things, either connection or power. At any given moment, oh, we, we wow. can't be seeking both at the same time in the same moment. And so we always have to be choosing which of those things we're, we're fighting for at any given time. And I can't help but think how amazing it would be if with our children, whether they are tough or whether they are easy or whatever we're labeling them when we're trying not to label them, right? <laughs> whether they, you know, use their choices or agency in ways that line up with our ex, you know, the, the expectations, unfortunately, we have in our head or not that if we can always be remembering that our main goal is to connect with them, connect with them, connect with them. It takes out the comparison and it takes out the power struggles and it takes out everything because our only main goal is just to connect. And if we can have that as our goal, then it actually doesn't matter what kid we're lucky enough to be parenting because we'll connect with them and we'll find that space to connect with them. Uh, it's interesting that when power goes against power, when two people are interacting, there's always an explosion. And when power goes against connection, then power tends to win simply because it's overbearing. Wait, say that again. That's really good. Mm-hmm. The, the when, two, so when power goes against power, like oh, when I'm dealing power, with kids okay. and power and power are against each other, there's always an explosion and not a positive one, always. 
when power goes against connection, power tends to win simply because it's overbearing. It's, it's heavier and stronger. But when two people both are trying to connect at the same time, it's pretty unbelievable what happens in a relationship. And, Mm -hmm. and whether it's with our spouses, but in this case for today's show, our children, if we can constantly be seeking out connection with them, I really do think no matter how, uh, difficult or different that one or two child children might be, we'll have what we need to handle them and to love them and take care of them. Uh, And until we chat next time, I hope that we'll all give ourselves and our families and in particular, those children who push us to our limits purely because we love them so we can learn and grow a little living room. Hi, this is Jody. I'm Jody Robinson from thelivingroom.com. Our podcast has been running now for about three years, and we love coming into your living room. So I have my own project, and it is found on jodysworkshop.com. It's a new website, and it's up and running. I offer personal growth workshops. Now, there's a few different kinds, and so you can check out my website to see exactly which one might fit your needs. One of the ones that I absolutely love is the Dreamcatcher Workshop, How to Catch Your Dreams and Turn a Dreamcatcher into a Vision Board. Now, remember that poster that you used to put in your closet and hide from everybody with your dreams on it? Well, let's showcase it, but not on a poster board, in a beautiful, rich texture Dreamcatcher. So if you're a little bit crafty and you want to get your creative juices going, this is a really good way to think about your dreams and also create something beautiful. So check that out on jodysworkshop.com. Thank you for joining us for today's show. We hope you'll keep the conversation going with us through social media on your favorite channels. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at From the Living Room or find us online for past episodes and other information about our hosts at www.fromthelivingroom.com. 